This is What's the Spread? Week 5, Big Ten College Football Betting. As always, host and star joining me, Andy Starr. We got eight games on the docket this week. We finally don't have to do research for just about every team in the Big Ten. Are you feeling a little bit relieved by this, Andy? Uh, a little bit, but after last week, man, I, I feel like I'm on a roll. I'm ready to just pick as many games as I can. Just pick all contests for all Division One football? Everything. I'm ready to pick, uh, you know, we got Charlotte on the docket. Might as well pick, like, UConn, everybody. Just take them. I like it. I, I'm down. The more games you can get, the better. I'm, I'm a big volume guy. Um, so let's give a recap to last week, Andy. You got that, those stats for us? Yeah, let me run it down. So first game, Bowling Green at Minnesota. Minnesota was a 31-point favorite. Actually losing that game, 14-10. to 10. Couldn't get Ooh. anything going. Yeah, it was ugly. Um, I actually got that one right. I didn't think I would get it right in this manner, but I did. Uh, you missed that one. Uh, next, we had Ohio at Northwestern. Northwestern, 14.5 point favorites. We both picked them, and they both ended up covering with a win, 31-13. to 13. Uh, Villanova at Penn State. Penn State was a 27.5 point favorite. We both were on Villanova there. Uh, and they did end up covering, uh, only losing by 23, uh, 17 to 40. Um, and, or excuse me, 17 to 38. And then uh, Notre Dame versus Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin was a six and a half point favorite at home. Or, ex- excuse me, that was a neutral site game. Uh, but Notre Dame ends up winning that game with a big fourth quarter. Uh, I got Notre Dame there. You missed it and picked Wisconsin there. Uh, then we had Rutgers at Michigan. Michigan was a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. We were both on Michigan, but they had a tough game offensively. Rutgers ends up getting the cover there, 13-20. Uh, to 20. Michigan won the game. Then there was Kent State at Maryland. Maryland was a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. This was my lead pipe lock. I took the Terrapins. They did end up covering 38-13. to uh, 13. I don't know. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, we both got uh, that one right. And then uh, Colorado at Iowa. This was your lead pipe lock. We were both on Iowa minus 23 and a half at home. Um, they couldn't get their offense rolling there. And they let Colorado State get a couple touchdowns. So Colorado State ends up covering in a 14 to 24 game. Um, Illinois at Purdue. Purdue was an 11 point favorite at home. We were both on Illinois there. They ended up getting the cover with uh, losing the game, but 9 to 13. And then Nebraska at MSU. MSU is a five-point favorite. I took them minus five. You took Nebraska. Nebraska ends up getting the cover there, uh, losing the game 20-23 to in overtime. Then there was Akron at Ohio State. Ohio State a 49-and-a-half-point favorite. They end up getting the cover there, winning 59-7. to I got that one right. You missed that one. And last but not least in the Big Ten, Indiana was minus nine. Uh at Western Kentucky, they win the game but did not get the cover. Uh, they win thirty-three to thirty-one. Was uh, so we were we both got that one right, picking Western Kentucky. And then last week we both had the same bonus pick, uh, West Virginia. Uh, it was at Oklahoma. Oklahoma was seventeen and a half point favorite. We both took West Virginia plus the points, and they did end up getting the cover, only losing by three to Oklahoma. So for the season, or so last week I was eight and three in the Big Ten. You were six and five. Uh, for the season, we're actually tied now in the Big Ten, 27, 20, and 1. Uh, my lead pipe lock finally gets a win, so it's moved to 1, 2, and 1. 
years uh, with the loss moves to two and two. And again, and again, I got the bonus for the first time this uh, week. So that's one and four for me, just brutal. Uh, but years moves to five and oh, so good looking out there. No, you're trending in the right direction on the bonus pick. Good work on the lead pipe lock. And overall, I think a few things stood out last week on some just gnarly, you know, scenarios in the in the late um, aspects of the game. You had Ohio State get the late cover. Um, you had, you know, Iowa who didn't get rolling to the second half. They actually shut out Colorado State 17 nothing in the second half. I had them getting a shutout the entire game, but somehow they allowed them to score 14 in the second quarter. So just just some kind of fluky stuff that, you know, I'll take it to heart here and I'll, I'll, I'll crunch the numbers a little bit. Um, the, the more shocking thing for me was the Michigan one. Um, so I don't know really what to take from that game. Is Michigan not who we thought they were? Or is Rutgers maybe a bit better than what we think? So it'll be interesting to see what we pick on their games this week. And then the big thing that stood out, though, Minnesota Golden Gophers. What are you doing? So basically what this tells me is Colorado is not good. They uh, ended up getting blown out by Arizona State um, late Saturday as well. So I think the Minnesota's win 30 to nothing. They just beat a bad team that week. And, you know, I saw that and thought, okay, Bowling Green's a bad team too, but Somehow, not only did Bowling Green cover, they win the game outright. Embarrassing for the Golden Gophers. Yeah, and I think, you know, I was kind of hyping up Colorado based on that Texas A&M game, and now we're kind of seeing that Texas A&M might not be that great either. Right. Nobody's good. No one's good. Right. It's going to make an interesting season, and it already has. Um, So across the nation, you know, it seems like it could be anybody's year. So it'll be interesting to see how things shape out. It might be kind of similar to 2007 when we got a two-loss team, not only in the playoff, but maybe fighting for that national championship. Yeah, this is uh, definitely exciting football. All right, Andy, week five, we're here. We have eight games to discuss. A lot of Big Ten on Big Ten matchups this week. We're finally getting into the heart of the conference schedule. We do have a few non-conference games, Um, so let's just – kick it off here and get rolling we'll start with the friday night matchup we get the iowa hawkeyes struggled maybe a little bit um against colorado state but got the got the win handedly um they're going to maryland maryland hot you know offensively clicking on all cylinders they come into the game undefeated iowa's undefeated you know what's going to happen friday night yeah um Iowa, like we talked about, struggled to move the ball last week against the pedestrian Colorado State defense. They uh, finished only 278 yards, uh, 58 of which were rushing yards. Um, Prior to last week, Colorado State was giving up 173 rush yards per game, which is what we were talking about, you know, thinking maybe Goodson has a good game. Uh, But they were horrible on third down, four for 13. Uh, defense played well, but they still, you know, couldn't get their, uh, get off the field, giving up 50% third down conversion. Currently there's the 13th best defense though, with uh, 200, giving up only 271 yards per game. Uh, Maryland, on the other hand, like you talked about, their offense is just clicking. They gained over 500 yards last week. Dante Demas and Fleet Davis have emerged as stars uh, along Talia, along with Talia there. Demas, 
uh, finished 108 yards receiving and a touchdown. Fleet Davis had two touchdowns last week and 93 total yards. Uh, defense did struggle a bit, which um, they had been playing well, but uh, I'm not going to hold it too much against them. I know that Kent State offense can get rolling on you if you're, you know, don't, don't look out, but they still obviously got the win pretty easily, but they did give up over 450 yards. Uh, one thing to note is they, again, got to the quarterback a lot. Uh, they got five sacks last week. Now they're fifth in the nation in sacks at four per game. Uh, and Iowa does give up sacks. They're not, you know, this isn't uh, your typical Iowa offensive line. They're, you know, they're giving up two, two sacks per game. Um, but for me, it just comes down to this Maryland offense. Uh, they're right now rated eighth uh, in the country at over 350 yards per game. Uh, this will, however, be their first game playing a top 50 pass defense. Uh, Iowa pass D is 37th right now at 187 point yards per game. Um, so I do think that Maryland wins this game. Uh, so I'm, I was shocked to see that Iowa was uh, favored here. So I am going to take Maryland uh, plus three and a half at home. Um, I don't want to lead pipe lock anything, uh, especially because I think Iowa is a really good team and I don't want to count them out ever, but I do feel pretty comfortable here with Maryland. Yeah, I'm slowly but surely getting on your Maryland bandwagon. So I look at, like you talked about, their pass offense. They're ranked eighth in the nation, 353 yards per game passing um, for Talia. And then I look at Iowa's pass defense. So um, currently they have... They have a very solid um, pass defense, but who have they gone against? Iowa State, who's currently 48th passing, Indiana 69th passing, Kent State 91 passing, and Colorado State 87th in the nation passing. So they have yet to see an offense um, that throws the ball around like Talia and company. So I think Maryland's going to have a lot of success um, offensively. And then I look at Iowa. Can they keep up with this prolific offense? And that's what it's going to come down to because Maryland's going to score points. Can Iowa keep up? Petrus, not good. He's not the guy. I, and I, I, I'm going to kind of go over this throughout tonight. Like, there's a lot of quarterbacks in the Big Ten who maybe were good a year, two years ago, but they're just not good quarterbacks. And, and the offenses for these teams are struggling. Iowa's offense – um, scoring is 70th in the nation at only 28.8 points per game. Their total offense is currently ranked 122nd, only 293 yards per game. Pass offense ranked 113, run ranked 104. That's terrible. You're ranked 100 in the top three main categories for offense. Garbage. On third down, they're 90th at only 35.7%. Offensively, they're not going to keep up. Maryland is going to be hyped for this game. It's Friday night under the lights at home with a top five team coming in. Maryland's going to beat them and beat them handedly. So I got Maryland plus three and a half here as well. I'm not ready to lead pipe lock it. Just like you said, those Friday night games can be a little bit tricky, but I think Maryland wins this one easily. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Like you said, so Iowa has his pass but hasn't played a prolific offense yet. Maryland's got this passing offense, but hasn't really faced a good pass defense yet. So we'll see, you know, which one breaks. All right. Game two, we got a, uh, another matchup, Big Ten on Big Ten. Noon kickoff, Michigan at Wisconsin. 
Wisconsin comes off their blowout loss, albeit there was two pick sixes at the end of the game against Notre Dame. And then Michigan, who looked really good in the first half against Rutgers, got shut out in the second half and kind of held on to that victory 20-13 to 13 versus Rutgers. So Michigan goes to Madison, where the Badgers are actually favored by one and a half. Are they going to get a win finally against the uh, ranked team? Yeah, so, yeah, that game last week for Wisconsin, the score is obviously a bit deceptive. It was 10-10 starting starting at the fourth quarter, and Wisconsin actually takes the lead there. And then you mentioned the two pick sixes, but what really got it going was that kick return after the field goal, which, you know, Notre Dame never really looked back after that. Uh, but the defense, you know, still looked great. It was obviously all on the offense and special teams there in the fourth quarter. Uh, defense held Notre Dame to 242 yards and only three yards rushing, which is incredible for, you know, that Kyron Williams is going to be an NFL running back and they you stuffed him. He couldn't do anything. So obviously this rush defense still ranked number one in the country. I think it's like 28 yards per game or something ridiculous now. 23. Uh, yeah. So, and obviously that's, you know, what Michigan needs to do to get their offense going. We saw what happened when Rutgers, which has a pretty good rush defense now that we've seen, you know, they stopped Sean Tucker. Now they've really bottled up Haskins and uh, Blake Corum last week. Um, so you know, they finished with 163 yards rushing last week. They are obviously before this averaging 350, which is insane, but uh, we knew that pace wasn't going to keep going, but we saw what happened. The game got close and McNamara just couldn't get anything moving through the air. And, I think that's going to be a problem, especially in Madison. Uh, you know, you're playing against in a very difficult environment. Um, this game, I will say, has the under written all over it. Uh, and usually in these low-scoring games, I like to take the points. But in this scenario, it's basically a pick em. So what I'm going to do is pick against the Wolverines and go with a different trend, and that's Harbaugh being, I think, 0-7, if my math was correct, as a road underdog since he started at Michigan. Uh, and I think he uh, that tr- trend continues this week, and I'll, use, I'll take Wisconsin by a field goal. Got to go with the trends, and that is a key stat, Andy. I like those ones. Um, so what I look for here is I look at Wisconsin offense bad, but it – it hasn't been terrible. The, the rush game has been pretty solid. Mertz is okay, but he turns the ball over a lot, especially in crucial times. Um, Wisconsin, and this is unlike in a Wisconsin team in probably the past decade or more, they're currently negative seven on their turnover margin in just three games. Awful. The good news is, Michigan only averages one turnover gained per game this season. So if Mertz can, you know, get through the game with no mistakes or maybe even just one, I think Wisconsin has a solid chance to win this game pretty easily um, because of their defense. I think they've played two really good offensive teams in Penn State and Notre Dame, and they held both those teams in check and should have won those games easily if the offense did anything. Um, and so the offense has been holding this team back. They need to, to uh, convert third downs. They need to hold on to the ball and, you know, give this defense a chance to, to get some W's. So I look here at Michigan. What do they do well? 
They run the ball. Blake Corum, run, 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 run. They don't pass at all. They might as well, you know, be a, another service academy. Um, but who have they faced? They face Rutgers, um, who has the top 40 run defense. They face Western Michigan, top 49. Northern Illinois, who's ranked 125th in all the land in rush defense. And then Washington, who's currently ranked 86th. So they haven't really faced a good run defense yet. Um, I look for Wisconsin to shut down the run game, just like they did against Notre Dame. And, you know, at home, I think uh, Camp Randall will be rocking. I'm actually going to be at that game. Another trend is when I attend football games or any sporting event for that matter, the home team wins at like an 85% clip. So that's not a stat you want to bet with, but just know that it exists. So I got Wisconsin here, negative one and a half. I think Mertz holds on to the ball, and they get it done um, offensively this week. Yeah, Michigan, the only team in the country not to turn the ball over so far. I think that changes this week. Wisconsin, though, only has two turnovers gained on the year. That's true. I just, I just call it a gut feeling. Okay, all right. So uh, moving on, we got Charlotte, the 49ers, going to Champaign, Illinois. The Fighting Illini are favored by 11 points. 11. Do you think uh, Coach Bielema has the boys rocking enough to cover this spread? Yeah, so Illinois played Purdue tough last week. They forced a couple of picks from Aiden O'Connell, held that, you know, vaunted passing attack to only 277 yards and they only had 38 rush yards and had three sacks. Um, but a lot of that, like we talked about last week is attributable to David Bell, not being on the field. Um, and then you look at the Illinois offense and they were kind of, they were trash. They only had hundred yards passing uh, run game looked okay. 175 yards on the ground. Um, Purdue does have the 30th best defense in the country. So, you know, you know, can't expect them to be airing it out or anything, but I think you need to be better than what they were last week. Uh, they obviously have a much easier test this week. Charlotte's defense is ranked 106th in the country, so not nearly as good. Uh, they just finished a shootout last week against Middle Tennessee. Both teams ended up gaining over 500 yards in that game. Uh, but Charlotte can move the ball. They have the 35th ranked offense, uh, gaining over 440 yards per game. Uh, that did include an absolute dud against Georgia State, uh, but that happened to be their uh, only other road game. Uh, Georgia State, for uh, for reference, has the 93rd ranked defense, um, but Charlotte has played some awful defenses, none within the top 90. Uh, but unfortunately, Illinois' defense is even worse than all of them. Uh, their defense is currently ranked 112th total defense, giving up nearly 450 yards per game. So, again, this just feels like a shootout. Um, I don't think Charlotte's going to, you know, have any difficulties moving the ball. So it's going to be a track meet for Illinois to just keep up. I do think, you know, Brandon Peters can put some points up against this Charlotte defense. Uh, but in a game like this, I'm always going to take 11 points. So I'm taking Charlotte plus 11. Yeah, I think for me, you look at Charlotte's schedule. They beat Duke uh, week one. Then they lost to Georgia State, but who knows? Georgia State looked pretty darn good against Auburn. Probably should have beat Auburn last week. Um, but you're right. Defensively, they have given up quite a few yards to Middle Tennessee State. They gave up 502, but 379 were passing, and Middle Tennessee State is the 35th overall passing offense. Um, 
Illinois is currently only ranked 106 passing offense at 186 yards per game. Peter struggled uh, last week, 14 of 26 for only 100 yards versus Purdue. Um, he talked about Purdue having a decent pass defense. But I look at Illinois scoring this year. They had 30 against Nebraska, 30 against uh, University of Texas San Antonio, only 14 versus Virginia, who you know hasn't looked that great since. Um, only 17 versus Maryland and only nine versus Purdue. So, you know, scoring wise, um, it's going to be difficult to get, you know, into the 20s, 30s um, to cover this spread. Charlotte averages 30 points per game. Defensively, Illinois gives up 27 points per game. So I think you're looking at Charlotte kind of getting around that, you know, 27, 30 into the 30 points uh, this week. And there's no way Illinois is scoring into the 40s to cover this spread. They've only done, they've only scored into the 40s three times since 2018. So I got Charlotte plus 11 here as well. Yeah, and I think even if they do score 40, you know, Charlotte's going to be right up there too. So, yeah, give me those points. All right, fourth game on the docket for the Big Ten schedule, week five. We got Minnesota Golden Gophers who <laughs> – had a, a laughable loss last week to Mac Bowling Green. They're going to Purdue, coming off a, a victory against Illinois. Purdue is only favored by two and a half in this game. Is that a little bit low, Andy? Yeah, I think it's a lot a bit low. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'd be interested to see if that was the biggest upset last week as a 31-point favorite. Um, not sure what they were doing. Tanner Morgan was just garbage. Finished 5 of 13 for 59 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. Uh, outside of Trace on Potts, there's just nobody worth a damn on this entire offense. Um, the defense held up, I guess, against Bowling Green, uh, but they had three costly turnovers, a missed field goal, turnover on downs. So, it's you know, it's just offense is holding it back. There's nothing else that can be said about it. Um, Purdue, obviously, had that sloppy win last week against Illinois. Um but we talked, like I just talked about, they have that sneaky good defense. Run defense is okay. They're only giving up about 124 yards per game. So you could probably expect, you know, Pods to beat that. Um, and last week they did lose Payne Durham to a concussion. He's now in the protocol as well. Uh, I think a lot of this game hinges on if David Bell comes back. Uh, I think he will be. Uh, he, he did have that concussion and was carted off the field. But I, if it was just a concussion, you'd think that he'll be back and ready for this game. So I'm going to work with the understanding that he will be. Uh, Minnesota does have the 44th ranked passing defense at 195 yards per game. But look, here's a list of the uh, ranks of the offenses, the pass offenses they played this year. 76th, 86th, and 128th. The only time they played a top 25 pass offense was against Ohio State, and they gave up 295 yards in the air that game, nearly 500 yards of total offense in that game. Purdue has the 15th rated passing attack. Um, so like I said, if Bell comes back, look out. Uh, I think they're going to win this game easily at home. I think they're definitely going to win by a field goal. Uh, I think Minnesota is just bad. Like, I don't understand – how you can be this bad on offense. Tanner Morgan is just an anomaly. Like, put somebody else in there. They can't be worse than Tanner Morgan. So, I'm taking Purdue minus two and a half, and this is going to be my lead pipe lock of the week. 
Lakeside Family Dental Lead Pipe Lock of the Week, Purdue Boilermakers, negative two and a half. I like it. I like it. So, Minnesota, what have they done this year? They held their own against Ohio State. And Ohio State, we've seen them struggle since. And then you have the win against, or the five point win against Miami of Ohio. So, another bad look. Okay. Then they blow the doors off Colorado. Where did that come from? I don't know, but they did it. But you look at Colorado, their offense is absolutely atrocious. They scored 35 against Northern Colorado FCS um, team who hasn't been that great. I think they're two and two on the year. And then you got Texas A&M. They only scored seven. They scored zero against Minnesota and then just 13 last week against Arizona state. So I got caught up in the 30 point uh, victory against Colorado. I'm not making the same mistake again this week. I said it early on in the season and I'm going to continue to say it like you, you said, Tanner Morgan's not the guy. So we talked about Iowa, Petrus, not the guy. Wisconsin, Mertz, he's probably not the guy. Illinois, Brandon Peters, probably not the guy. Minnesota, Tanner Morgan, not the guy. Okay, so Purdue, they got a quarterback. Plummer, he is the guy. They're averaging 314 yards per game passing. That's 15th in the nation. Um, Minnesota gave up 294 week one to Ohio State through the air. And they gave up 237 to Miami of Ohio through the air. So I look for them um, to give up quite a few against Purdue. And like you said, David Bell likely back. You know, it's it'd be odd for him to be out two straight weeks unless it's, you know, a really bad concussion and he's just not, you know, getting right. But I look for him to be back. Um, and then I look at Purdue's run defense. They're actually pretty decent. 53rd, only allowing 124 yards per game. Trayson Potts, he's looked really good. He still get his yards. I think he'll go over 100, but they'll hold him in check. And so I think this game, you know, Purdue's only going to maybe score 27, 24 points, but Minnesota is not going to do enough offensively to keep it within that three. Um, so, Andy, you must have been uh, re- doing my research as well. I got Purdue negative two and a half, and this is my Lakeside Family Dental lead pipe lock of the week as well. Oh man, so that's the first first time that's happened this year, but you know, you love to see it. So I think uh, you know, if this isn't a two unit bet, I don't know what is. Right. I think this is you gotta you gotta really hammer now. This might be a three unit whale. Right. All right, fifth game on the docket, Ohio State Buckeyes. Um coming off that blowout win where they uh played their backup quarterbacks, kind of rested CJ Stroud. Um, they blew out Akron, and uh, they're going to uh, Piscataway. They're taking on Rutgers, who's coming off a close loss against Michigan. Ohio State's favored by 15 only in this one. Um, it's you know probably the best odds you'll ever get for an Ohio State versus Rutgers game. Andy, are you taking the Buckeyes? Uh, yeah, Rutgers coming off that tough loss to Michigan. Their defense definitely made Michigan uncomfortable in their own offense. Uh, but I think the difference in this game is Ohio State, unlike Michigan, can pass the ball effectively. They currently have the 10th-ranked passing offense at 337 yards per game. And true freshman Travion Anderson leads this uh, rushing attack, which is currently ranked 18th at 222 yards per game. So let's take a look at Rutgers' opponents' uh, passing offense ranks. Michigan, 116th. Syracuse, 108th, Temple, 84th. 
So I feel like this is the first true test for this Rutgers defense where they're actually playing a balanced team that can do whatever they want. Um, Shroud got the week off last week, so he should be back to full health. Uh, Kyle McCord looked pretty good too last week. So if, you know, things do get a little dicey, they have that to fall back on. Um, they also weren't able to force a turnover last week, which has kind of been what they've been doing to win uh, some of these games. Um, Obviously, with Ohio State, we talk about their defense just not really being it this year. Run defense is currently 82nd. Their pass defense is ranked 102nd. And they're 113th in third down defense. Uh, so it's it's been tough for them this year. Uh, I just don't think this Rutgers offense is built to put up a bunch of yards, though. Um, and like I said, with McCord playing so well, I feel like Stroud might have a bit of a fire lit under his butt and you know maybe see like okay i gotta get this team going and we need to you know focus on winning the big 10 at this point so i am taking ohio state on the road minus 15 i think they win by you know 20-ish points um so i like that i like those odds yeah this was almost my lead pipe lock i got ohio state as well i'm not going to get into the rutgers past the statistics that you just got into but well done i agree with all of it um, and the only other team that Rutgers faced was Delaware, who's in the FCS. So, um, you know, they haven't really faced a, a good offense yet. And then I look at Rutgers offensively. Can they keep up? Can they keep pace with this potent um, Ohio State de- uh, offense? And we talked about Ohio's, Ohio State's defensive struggles. Um, but Rutgers offensively aren't very good. Total offense ranked 99th, only 351 yards total per game. They're only passing. Um, 194 yards per game. That's 99th nationally, and they only run for a buck 57 per game. That's 75th nationally. Their third down conversion rate is only 42.6 percent, 58th nationally. And then scoring. When you look at um, who they face for Power Five opponents so far this year, they only put up 17 versus Syracuse and only 13 versus Michigan. So I look for this game to be like a 35 plus for Ohio State and around, you know, 14 points for Rutgers. So I agree with you. I think it's going to be, you know, a 20, 21 point victory here. Um, I think the spread is way off. So I got the Buckeyes covering as well easily on the road. Yeah, I, I think Ohio State's looking to get this season back on track. All right. We got a a rematch of a game from last year that started the Big Ten season during the the COVID season where we had, you know, quite the finish in overtime or even to get to overtime. We got Indiana going to Penn State. Penn State looking for revenge. They're favored by 12 and a half in this game. You got them covering? Whew. Yeah, so Penn State had that comfy win last week against Nova. They didn't get the cover, but uh, they were able to let Noah Kane get healthy, take some time off. Uh, offense looked pretty good. Clifford threw for over 400 yards. Washington and Dotson each went over 100 yards, and they both combined for three touchdowns. They now have the 18th-ranked passing offense at 307 yards per game. Uh, defense looked strong, too. Only 280 yards given up on offense. That defense now ranks 47th at 326 yards per game so yeah Penn State's you know I don't really have much more to say about them they've just had a good season so far Um, Indiana finally did get their offense clicking against an awful Western Kentucky defense Uh, they won't be able to move the ball nearly as efficiently versus Penn State 
last week was the first game that they were able to eclipse 24 points. Uh, they were 18 or 11 for 18 on third down last week. Uh, Penn State's much better on third down. They're giving up uh, only 36% conversion, which is kind of middle of the pack, but yeah, obviously better than Western Kentucky, which we'll talk about later, but they have one of the worst third down defenses. Um, Indiana's defense is only ranked 57th. I think Penn State's already shown us that they can beat elite defenses uh, going up against Wisconsin and um, Auburn, both in the top 25 defenses in the country. Uh, and I just feel, you know, this is in Happy Valley. Uh, I think that they can win by two touchdowns. So I'm going to take Penn State at home minus 12 and a half. Yeah, I think when you look at the Nittany Lions, you look at QB Sean Clifford, He's actually sneakily been uh, pretty solid this year. So the pass offense is ranked 18th in the nation. He, they're going for 308 yards per game. Um, another thing that stands out to me is defensively, they have seven turnovers gained on the season and only two turnovers lost. That gives them a plus five turnover margin, 12th in the nation. And then I look at Indiana, Penix, six interceptions already on the year. Penn State has five defensive interceptions. He's going to throw probably two picks, maybe more this game, um, because they're going to have to air it out towards the end of the game to keep this game close. Um, so he, he he makes mistakes, and uh, I think Penn State's going to convert on those mistakes. I, I look for Penn State defense to, to do enough to win this game by, like you said, a couple of touchdowns. I think 12-and-a-half is a really, really solid line. Um, I think – the, the score is going to reflect that, but I don't, again, Penix, he's not the guy. So you know, the quarterback play, he's not, you know, what they need to not only win games, but to stay close And Penn state just seems to have a chip on their shoulder this year. Um, I think Indiana isn't who they were last year. They have the 73rd pass defense, giving up 229 yards per game. So Clifford's going to expose them. He's going to air it out. I got Penn State covering at home. Yeah, you mentioned chip on their shoulder. They might be a little upset about the way they lost last week. That kind of really set the tone for the rest of their season. So, yeah, Penn State's going to be looking to get some revenge here. Yeah, uh, last you said last week, but last year when they lost to Indiana to start the season, yes. Right. All right, we got two games left on the Big Ten schedule for week five. One of them we get to see Western Kentucky again, the team you talked about so much in the preseason. They're going to East Lansing, taking on Michigan State, where Sparty is favored by 11.5. Western Kentucky offense looked pretty darn good against Indiana. They almost got the win outright in that game. Um, do they have enough offensive firepower to keep it close against uh, the Spartans? Yeah, so Michigan State got that overtime win last week against Nebraska. Um, I think Nebraska kind of did something that uh, is going to expose Michigan State for the you know remainder of the season. Kind of the same thing that happened to Michigan last week. Uh, they finally got Kenneth Walker bottled up. Uh, luckily, Obviously, they're playing a much softer rush defense this week. Uh, Western Kentucky is giving up 224 yards on the ground, which is good for the 120th best rush defense in the country. So not very good at all, obviously. Um, but last week was no different. They let 
the Western Kentucky defense let Indiana go for over 500 yards. Peyton Thorne probably not going to throw for 370 yards like Penix did. Uh, but this MSU offense won't have any issue just getting first downs and points. Western Kentucky 129th in third down defense at 60%, which is crazy. That's really bad. And uh, 109th in total defense at 439 yards per game. Uh, despite last week, MSU still in the top 25 for rush yards per game. Biggest struggle has been first downs for them. Currently 98th in the country at only 35%. Um, but it, for me, it's this defense because, like you said, Western Kentucky can move the ball on you. I think they have the second best passing defense in the nation right, or passing offense in the nation right now. Um, and MSU's had some bad defensive games. They gave up 440 yards last week to Nebraska. They gave up 440 yards to Miami. They gave up 400 yards to the Northwestern offense, which we now know is just an horrible offense. Mm -hmm. um, Western Kentucky hung 458 on Indiana. And I think Indiana has a better defense than Michigan State. So this is another one that's just going to be a shootout. I think this line, uh, if you look at sportsbooks now, has already moved to 10 and a half. Um, I think we need to bet it now because it might move even further. But as as far as our show is concerned, I'm, I'm sticking on brand here. I'm taking Western Kentucky plus 11 and a half. Yeah, for me, what sticks out is Western Kentucky's pass offense that you talked about. So in the two games where they played the their better opponents, Army and Indiana, they actually averaged 400 passing yards per game. And they only had one turnover in those two games as well. So um, they keep the ball, they move the ball, they don't turn it over. They average 33 points per game in those uh, two games, um, two losses. Um, but still, they keep it close. Michigan State, pass defense, ranked 107th. Um, so I think, you know, Bailey Zappi, their wide receiver Stearns and Corley are going to have some big success through the air. But I, I agree with you. I think Michigan State's going to move the ball at will as well with uh, the run game, Kenneth Walker, against that porous rush defense of Western Kentucky. So this game, I see it as a, a you know a high-scoring game in the 30s, kind of similar to what it was last week against Indiana. Um, but I think Western Kentucky will do enough to keep it within the 11.5 points. Um, and like you said, the spread's already moving down. So get them now, get them while you can, Western Kentucky. Bailey Zappi, all you had to do is listen to me in the preseason. He would have known all about him. Right. Well, you said he was gonna. they were going to win the games outright. Yeah, well, hey, we'll see. Could happen. All right. Well, we'll we will. All right. Um, <laughs> you're saying sprinkle the money line a little bit here, huh? Uh, maybe a little bit, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put too much on it. <laughs> 0.05 units. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So last game on the docket, we got Northwestern Wildcats going to Lincoln, Nebraska, taking on the Cornhuskers, where the Cornhuskers are also favored by 11 and a half this week. So Nebraska kind of getting some momentum going after the early struggles against Illinois, then the close loss against Oklahoma. But now, now they're moving a little bit here in the right direction. They still can't get that win, though. So can they find a way to get a win and not only win it, but cover against the, the Wildcats? Yeah. Northwestern plotted their way to an easy win. I would say last week against Ohio, the Evan Hall breakout season continues. He finished last week with 216 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. Uh, QB obviously continues to be a problem. 
Helinski got the start, which I was surprised by. He had a really boring game going 12 for 20 for 88 yards, which I think that's just what we're going to get with this Northwestern team moving forward. Uh, Nebraska, like we talked about, had that heartbreaker in overtime to MSU. Martinez with two horrible turnovers, including interception in overtime, which is what ended up losing the game for him. Uh, they still gained 440 yards on offense, like I said. Um, impressively held MSU to the only the 71 rush yards. Uh, currently, they have the 69th ranked rush defense, 139 yards per game, and they've played some pretty decent rush team rush offenses in MSU and Buffalo, uh, ranked 21st and 32nd respectively. Held both under 140 yards. Um, but for me, it just comes down to can Northwestern keep the keep the game close. They're going to have to pass the ball. Uh, right now they're 111th in passing offense. Who's it going to be this week? Is it going to be Marty Halinski? Is Hunter Johnson going to go? I don't think it really matters because uh, Nebraska is going to be running it down their throats. Uh, Northwestern currently has the 104th ranked rush defense. And as much as it pains me to say this, I got to pick Nebraska minus 11 and a half with Adrian Martinez, my nemesis. Yep, Nebraska. They they cover the spreads when you don't think they're going to cover, and then they get absolutely the doors blown off when you don't think that they're going to get the doors blown off. So, to me, though, Northwestern is not a good football team. Um, they beat Ohio, who, after Frank Solich retired, they look like a shell of themselves. So, I don't give too much credence into that win. And, you know, they basically won the game on Evan Hall's rushing 22 carries for 216, two touchdowns. And then you talked about Nebraska's rush defense. They're 69th nationally, a buck 39 um, per game. And they shut down Kenneth Walker and the Spartans last week to only 71 rush yards. Um, And MSU's a top 20 rush offense. So I think Nebraska shuts down Northwestern here. Northwestern is going to struggle. To get points on the board, I think Nebraska probably only needs to score into the high 20s to cover this spread. Um, But the way that Northwestern gives up yards and the way Nebraska gets yards in chunks, I think um, Samari Toure is going to have a a big game. Adrian Martinez is going to have a big game. Um, And and Scott Frost, he needs a big win here. So I got Nebraska winning this, and I got them winning it big. Um, Give me the Cornhuskers 11 and a half. Man, I was wondering if maybe this would be the game that we uh, separated, but we I think we went eight for eight this week. Uh, Did we really? Yeah, I think so. All right, give us a recap then, Andy. All right, so starting out Friday game, Iowa minus three and a half at Maryland. Uh, we both took Maryland at home plus three and a half. And then Charlotte at Illinois, Illinois 11, uh, minus 11. Uh, we both have Charlotte plus 11. Uh, Minnesota at Purdue, Purdue minus two and a half. Uh, we both took Purdue minus two and a half, and that was also both of our lead pipe locks. Uh, Michigan at Wisconsin, Wisconsin minus point and a half at home. We both took Wisconsin. Ohio State minus 15 at Rutgers. We both took Ohio State. Uh, Northwestern at Nebraska, Nebraska minus 11 and a half. We both just took Nebraska. Uh, Western Kentucky at MSU, Western Kentucky. Uh, we both took them plus 11 and a half. Uh, Indiana at Penn State, Penn State 12 and a half points favorites. We both took them and that's it. Wow. That, I don't know how I feel about that. I know it's weird. <laughs> Either eight for eight be an eight, no, just monster week, or we're going to get crushed here. So 
we'll see how it is. But I feel pretty confident on a lot of these picks. Um, the one I probably feel the least confident on is, uh, you know, that Penn State one, Indiana, Penn State. I think that one's probably the closest that the odds makers are going to get um, on the week. But the rest I feel pretty darn confident about. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Ohio State's been pretty bad against the spread, but I feel like this is a number they can finally get. Uh, so, But, yeah, it's, I feel like these are some pretty easy games this week. Perfect. All right. Bonus pick of the week. Where are you looking outside of the Big Ten? You finally got your pick right last week. Who you got this week? So I'm looking at Cincinnati going to South Bend to take on Notre Dame. Cincinnati coming off a bye week after dismantling uh, Indiana in the second half a couple weeks ago. Their offense is currently ranked 50th at 423 yards per game. Notre Dame has yet to play a top 50 offense. Uh, I think ND is getting big love for that final score last week where they had that 31 point fourth quarter. Um, to me, this is easy. I feel like Notre Dame's just been getting lucky all year, especially in the fourth quarter with the David Bell injury against Purdue last week with all those defense and special teams, con- uh, touchdowns. They needed that fourth quarter field goal to beat Toledo. Uh, but it's going to take a lot more than luck to beat this Cincinnati team that has what I think to be playoff aspirations. And I think they know that if they get this win against Notre Dame, they're a legitimate playoff contender. Um, and they can easily run the table after that. So this is going to be big for them. Uh, Notre Dame has the 90th ranked offense. Um, and this is going to be one of the better defenses they played. Uh, they obviously only uh, scored, you know, basically 20 points. Well, 17 points, I guess, against uh, Wisconsin last week. Uh, they had a pretty good game against Purdue, which also has a good defense. But Cincinnati's defense is a little bit better than Purdue's. So I feel like this is an easy, easy bet for Cincinnati, minus point and a half of virtual pick them. It is on the road, uh, but I just think they're a better team. Yeah, I like it. Cincinnati, um, I think it's their year. I think, um, you know, you look at the non-Power 5 teams, they're one of the best to to come out of that group in a long time. So it'll be interesting. I, 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 I like that pick. Where I look, I'm staying with you in the American Conference. So I'm looking at Friday night, Houston goes to Tulsa. Tulsa's coming in at a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Might seem a little high to the average better. But I look at this Tulsa Golden Hurricane team, and I think that they're a lot better than their 1-3 record suggests. They have a close loss against FCS UC Davis, who is really good. Um, and that was kind of fourth quarter, fell apart on them. Tulsa, again, should have beat Oklahoma State. They uh, lost that game in the fourth quarter as well. Oklahoma State has looked really good this year. Uh, got another big win against Boise State. Um, and then Ohio State. Tulsa was within seven in uh, late in that game, um, kind of gave up uh, some two touchdowns as well. So, you know, late in those games, kind of the wheels fell off a little bit. Um, but we're looking at a really good Tulsa football team. Um, and at home Friday night, you know, I look for this to, to be a really good um, opportunity for them. Houston, they, uh, they, you know, they're pretty good. They're three and one on the year. They have wins against Rice, uh, Grambling, and Navy. Rice has only one win on the year against an FCS opponent. Grambling, only one year, one win on the year against an FCS opponent. And Navy is 0-3. Um, 
Texas Tech, who beat Houston handedly, um, has looked pedestrian as well, getting absolutely blown out by Texas last week. Um, and then their other wins that uh, Texas Tech have are against FIU, who isn't very good, and FCS Stephen F. Austin. So Houston, when you look at who they've beaten, they've beaten nobodies. So I look at Tulsa. They've lost, but they've lost fairly close into top, top talent. So I look for Tulsa to win this game and win it rather easily um, Friday night under the lights at home. All right. I'll take your word for it. I don't know too much about Tulsa. I know, you know, Shamari Brooks has looked okay this year, but yeah, I think uh, you're right. They've been playing some good teams tough. All right. So that'll do it. Week five in the books. Give us a follow on Twitter. I'm at DSTAR18. You can follow Andy at um, ASTARFF. Um, And as always, please gamble responsibly. This is What's the Spread?